Don't go for obvious. Paradoxically, the least amount of competition is always at the top. The most competition is at the bottom, where people perceive low-hanging fruit. Ironically, that's not the low-hanging fruit. It's leaders who are saying things like, man, it's so hard to hire these days. Employees aren't like they used to be. What? How much more are those people who are saying those things going to be encouraged and stunned when a young whippersnapper sends them an email that is valuable, direct, and doesn't go too long into like, here's who I am. And at the bottom of the email, I'm going to say why I'm reaching out to you. No, just like write an effective email and people will probably be inspired to move mountains for you. Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. Have you ever felt limited in your career? Or have you ever wrestled with questions like, what am I truly meant to do in my career? Or how can I pivot into a new field that aligns with my passions and purpose? Kelsey Kemp is a career coach extraordinaire and the founder of The Called Career, a company that equips Christians to find and fulfill their God-given career calling. In this episode, Kelsey shares her insights and expertise on discerning your career path according to God's plan. Kelsey and I dive deep into the practical steps you can take to discover your unique career calling. You'll learn how to identify your talents and passions gain confidence in making a career transition, and even get insights into reaching out to decision makers and nailing that job interview, even if you're coming from a non-traditional background. So whether you're feeling stuck in your current job, searching for your God-sized dreams, or simply seeking clarity in your career path, this episode is a must-listen. Kelsey is about to drop some incredible nuggets of wisdom that will inspire you to take bold steps toward the fulfilling career you've been praying for. By the end of this episode, you will have a renewed sense of purpose and practical strategies to navigate your career journey with faith and confidence. So let's get started. Hey, Kelsey, welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I feel like I start so many of my conversations in life with like this crazy excited gasp, but I think that's my calling in life. I love it. And just the quick conversation that we had ahead of time, I absolutely just love your personality, your energy, and your fire. And I also love, and I have to bring this up, how you reached out to me. Your pitch to be on the podcast was so awesome. As a marketer and communicator, I always am like, oh, that is noted. I love that. It's so good. So I have it in like my folder of like, hey, use this as as an example, like in the future, because it was so, so good. So props to you for that. Wow. I am very honored by that. Quick aside, when I decided to draft that email, 
I hovered on it for way too long and I was really nervous to put myself out there. And I say this because it likely applies to anyone who is feeling like they want to step out in faith in their career, but they're really scared for a variety of reasons. And one day a friend kind of in Christ roasted me a little bit and was like, come on, you could do this. And then through that, I really felt God saying, if I was obedient unto death, you could be obedient to write an email. And so that was God roasting me in the kindest way as well. Um, But that's like a little backstory behind my screen and how I was feeling when I was writing that. So it's so joyful to hear your feedback. Wow. Yes. And boom, that word from God (laughs) made you do it. It's, It's really so good. And honestly, when I was preparing for this conversation, I was like, well, no wonder why her 200 plus clients have found just like incredible outcomes with their newfound careers. And then Two, I would say aside that your actual resume is amazing. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I actually want you, instead of me, to give the background of who you are and what you do, and then really what led you to where you are today and what you're doing. Wow, I am so excited to share this. I'll start with just like a snapshot of where I am right now, and then the backstory of how I got there. Like where it stands today, I am the owner of the Called Career, and it's now not just me, but an actual team of career coaches that we get to serve so many more people than I thought I could hope. And we specialize in helping Christians discern what they're called to do, and then practically land a job or even start a business that's aligned with it. About eight. of our clients are traditional job seekers, and we love helping with that. And then about 20% I get to take on as business consulting clients that I help them launch their idea into self-employment and serving exactly the way they feel called to without being hindered of like needing to find a company that is hiring for that. And I love it. So um, I've also gotten to share a TEDx talk earlier this spring. That was a big dream of mine that happened earlier than I thought uh, it could. And I'm in Austin, Texas. I'm an identical twin. This is a huge piece of my life that five years ago when I started the call to career, God had my twin sister and I on, uh, no pun intended, an identical journey of actually calling us out of the careers we were in before and starting our businesses together. And I'm so proud of her. She's actually a mindset coach for professional ballet dancers, extremely niche. Most people thought she couldn't do it. It didn't exist before she did that, but she's another testament in my life of just, if he calls you to do it, he can do it. You can make a career out of anything. That's a little bit about my intro. I'm not sure if I left things out, but I hope that's satisfactory. I love that. And you have an incredible testimony on how God has called you out and brought you into your business. Can you give the story of that? I would love to. So it starts quite early in life with um, my first love in terms of a mission or something I wanted to accomplish in a career sense was I really dreamed of being a professional ballet dancer. And so I would say I devoted my childhood to that. I trained morning and night from the time that I was 14. I was homeschooled. I went away in the summers to train at different ballet schools. My last year of high school went out to a ballet boarding school, the Houston Ballet Academy. Houston actually has one of the best in the world, so I got to go there. And right as this dream was coming to a head of, I was 18, 
I was ready or needed to be ready to audition for professional companies all around the world. I had a career ending injury in my bones, in my feet, breaking in all sorts of places. It turns out that was a nutrition issue. Normal people should not have micro fractures in every single metatarsal in their feet, but I did. And I was in a wheelchair for two months and I kept on trying to overcome that injury and come back. It was not my will to stop, but a doctor actually told me that I was going to cripple my feet if I didn't stop. Even that didn't stop me. I still tried to continue in my plan, but the director of the ballet school I was at said, listen, you're a smart girl. And that was like the first time they were complimentary of me. And I was like, oh no, you're going to say something that's going to make me cry. And they said, you are not invited back here. You need to stop because I was too far behind because of my injuries. And so in that day, I had such a radical life change of not really having time to grieve. I decided not to, but I just decided to start applying to colleges. And I went into business school because I thought I've always wanted to be in business from the time I was six, but I thought that was going to be a later thing, like after a career in professional ballet. I went into that and all the while just really mourned like, am I going to be passionate about something again? Or was that just a childish dream? Can people enjoy their careers? Will God give me a dream again? Those were some humble years and not yet seeing those prayers answered or that question answered if he would give me something new. So in the meantime, I tried to make my career decisions based on other things like I don't know, just what is the most impressive to other people. So consulting was really popular and esteemed as a career choice coming from the business school I was a part of at Texas A&M. So I got a job in that. I was in the tech consulting department of PwC, a great company. But in that experience, I learned that what you can do as a person who is willing to work hard and learn new things and really apply themselves, it's not the same as what you're meant to do. And so I was really burning the candle at both ends, trying to keep up an image of being a high achiever, but I was quickly becoming so burnt out that my health was deteriorating. In that, I decided... I need to explore what is God really calling me to do in my career again, because it doesn't seem like it's just going to hit me on the head one day. I really want to beg God and pursue an answer. In that time, I tried to do everything that was normal or conventional advice. So I took like every personality assessment and I read all the books about, you know, every good endeavor or Garden City, which are great books, or those like 40 days to calling kind of instructional guides. And I asked friends a lot of questions. I filled journals reflecting on what I wanted. In the end, it kind of just felt like I was going crazy because I was like, I don't know how this translates into a job title and I'm still very confused. And if anything, I'm more overwhelmed and frustrated. This hasn't led to an answer. And in that moment of peak frustration, I felt God was so purposeful in leading me there because it made me realize kind of my mom's voice came back into my head of, okay, from the youngest age, I knew I wanted to start a business one day, like my parents and their parents and their parents, like it's a big family thing. But I was waiting for my idea and it hadn't come yet. And I thought I was too young. But she said, necessity is the mother of invention. So if you want to invent something one day, look at the needs of yourself and others. 
as I remembered that prompt, I thought, what is my greatest need right now? Easily, it came up as, oh my gosh, I want somebody to help me figure out what to do with my career and how the heck to find my, quote, calling, if that's even a thing. (laughs) When that point of honesty came up within myself, I immediately felt it click. God was like, oh, that's what you'll do. If there's not an answer yet that you have come across, or if there's not guidance, because I looked up career coaches and I Googled different counselors and whatnot, but a lot of them were coming from a new age perspective of like, choose your purpose. And I think theologically, I can't agree with that because if I wanted to receive a great calling, it's a logical fallacy to think that I can make that up. Technically, it has to come from a higher power who calls you and who created you for some kind of purpose. And so you have to ask that higher power for the purpose. So I really wanted a biblical but practical perspective that seemed realistic and helpful and credible. And I had a hard time at the time finding one. So that was when God was like, go deploy my soldiers to the stations in society that they were meant to serve in. And ah, every time I get to repeat that, it just, it like is one of those thoughts that was like loudest or most resonant thought I've ever had. And it also was so militant. I was like, dang, that was not for me. I did not make that up. And and ever since then, it's just continued to guide me as the mission that God has put over my life. But the plot twist was I was 24. And I was like, God, I think you have poor taste. Like, who is going to listen to me? Also, I don't know how to solve this. I just told you, I don't know how to solve this. I need this help. And At that point, that was one of the first times that I really felt like I had a conversation with God. And I love that he uses the things that we desire, even in a worldly sense, to bring us more into a relationship with him. And so I was desperate for fulfillment in my career. And he ultimately used that to just be like, hey, you know, you can have conversations with me and I'm the Lord of your life, not just your life coach. Like I'm your king and I'm also the one who created you. Through that, I felt him saying, really an echo of Exodus chapter four, when he was talking to Moses, he said, who is it that gives human beings their mouths? Is it not I, the Lord, now go and I will teach you what to say. From that point on, every single time I have been allowed to speak or share in some kind of authority or help people or be in a coaching session, I asked the Holy Spirit to speak for me. And that's why I even prayed before this podcast, because I really believe in being technically competent in my career and my craft and doing all the research and knowing all the technical things about resume, interview prep, salary negotiation, whatnot, like motivation style for career design. But at the same time, I kind of just want the Holy Spirit to speak because he's going to have the best answers. That is my story. (laughs) And it's an incredible one. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I love how you mentioned like your peak frustration because that is where I have gotten my golden nuggets from God of like, what is next? You know, I'm sitting here like, Lord, why won't you just download what it is that I'm supposed to do or what the next step is or why is this so stinking frustrating? Like, can't you just give me the easy button? I want the easy button. And it's in that struggle where he's been like, guess what? I'm going to take you from here to there, but using what? I've taught you in this moment, and you're going to bring others along with you on that ride. 
And so I think it's just amazing that he did the same thing for you is finding out like just that frustration and how can we solve it with God and through God, which is just phenomenal, phenomenal. So just you're obviously my sister in Christ, but I'm like, I was trying to keep my mouth shut because I'm like, oh yeah, preach, preach. I love this. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk more after this. I love it. I, I could go on this topic all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here, same here. I definitely want the listeners to be equipped when they stop listening to this conversation and really be able to move forward. So I think one of the questions that I really want to ask you is, how can they discern what career path God might be calling them to in their specific season that they're in? Because he can call us to things outside of our career in certain seasons, and they can call us to certain careers within certain seasons as well. And so what are some things that they can discern what he's calling them to? I think the first point is to clear out the things that make hearing God difficult or maybe up until this point feeling impossible. And some of those things that stop us from really hearing from God is, I've actually had some new revelations on this topic, and I'll hopefully remember to share those. But really, at a basic level, have there been convictions that you need to listen to first? Um, I have worked with some clients that have asked to take a pause because they realize that they're in a relationship that they're not supposed to be in. And it's kind of getting ahead of themselves in their walk with God to then demand answers in their career and to live their best life when actually there's some things that they need to clear out and lighten the load so that they could move forward in God's plan. And so are there false identities that you're living in? Are you saying things like, I am a worrier? <laughs> I guess I'm sad when I hear that one. I'm like, that's not your identity. Like, did God birth you with that identity of like, I am a person who worries? No, he wants you to receive freedom and it. like fear not is such a huge commandment. So I would actually encourage listeners to write out all the things that they fear. And some of those are going to be practical. Like, will I make enough money if I change careers? Will I have to go back to school? Some of those are going to be theological fears. Like, is it unrighteous or wrong to want career fulfillment? And maybe the only thing that God really wants me to do is share the gospel all the time. Maybe that's the only thing that matters. I would say that's a theological question. Um, maybe you think that God is unwilling or not interested in answering this question for you of what am I called to do in my career? Um, maybe you think you don't really have any talents. Just all of those fears and doubts, list them out. And for the practical ones, you might start asking, like, what can I do to prevent or resolve this? Who can I ask for help? In the theological sense, <laughs> we got the Bible. So Google it. You'll probably get a good Bible study on that. And <laughs> then for Things that need to be teased out in terms of lies you're believing about yourself, go through, I highly recommend, Jamie Winship, his book, Living Fearless. I think he's really becoming big right now because his talks, I honestly, a favorite pastime of mine is just typing in Jamie Winship into YouTube and clicking whatever comes up because his messages on finding your true identity that's unique. He's not just talking about like hearing from God, you're my daughter. You could say, yeah, thank you, God. I know that. And what do you call me? I think it delights God to seek that with him. And then once you're feeling like 
you're really set in terms of acknowledging that God is going to be the one that gives you the best plan for your career, then you could go about with the practical things that I think are irreplaceable. I love to realize that my goal for helping people and finding their callings is I always pray over them. God, I ask that this person has a career journey that cannot be explained except for you. Like they literally have to mention you when people ask them how that happened. At the same time, in getting there, there's going to be things that you need to practically discern and do yourself. Like in the parable of the talents uh, in Matthew chapter 14, God is in that parable, the master who did not give his servants any instructions for what to do with his wealth. He just said, I'm going, I'm dividing up my gold between you three. Bye, I'll be back. When the master came back, he was like to the wicked and lazy servant, why did you just put that in the ground and do nothing with it? What the heck? And then the other two, it didn't seem like he cared whether they invested it in a certain business venture or in a certain bank or investment fund. He just was like, thanks for multiplying this. So I really think that removing the overthinking and feeling like there's a right path and a wrong path is very important. And instead, just have broad conversations and research. So I'll say specifically, the first thing to do is to understand who God created you to be in terms of very specific career and forming attributes. One is, I know that talents are important, but that's kind of an intimidating topic for some people. I would say to more specifically, if you are uncomfortable with just asking yourself, what am I talented at? You can start with things like, what tasks bring me a lot of energy to do as I do them? What tasks deplete my energy as I am asked to do them? And if you even just have a running list of that, you're already really well set up. And I think it's then important to take those tasks that you feel excited to continue to grow in excellence in into market research of what do those tasks represent in terms of a job title? And this is where I'm the most passionate about helping Christians because I would say that's not the point in the journey to over-spiritualize things. I think you literally have to acknowledge that most of us are walking around with a 5% or less understanding of the number of job options that are available to you. And so in order to cure that, I would say build your awareness not by endlessly scrolling through Google, LinkedIn, Indeed, the like. Instead, it's very important to get, and this is so, I think, biblical that God speaks through people, get into conversations, informational interviews is what I like to call those, and ask, here's the kinds of tasks that I would really like to spend the majority of my day doing. If you have a vision for this, you could add any other details you'd like. Here's the kind of people that I'd like to be in front of and help. Here's the objectives that I would like to serve, maybe relieving a specific type of suffering. Here's the kind of questions that I would like to be paid to research to solve, things like that. And then you could ask freely, who do you know of that does that kind of thing? That is how I found out that career coaching was a thing. I had no idea. I thought that those were just like resume writers in your college career center. I had no idea that what I do existed uh-uh, until I told my best friend and we were in this olive garden on the side of a highway. And I 
was like, here's what I want to do. And she's like, oh, I think my uncle Toot Toot does that. And I'm like, of course God would like write this in my story that somebody's uncle Toot Toot literally is a career coach. And she set me up with him. And we have this long conversation and he's like very, very serious. Like I felt the Lord all over this conversation. He wasn't trying to just gas me up or anything. He was like, I think you're meant for this. Your kind of personality type is meant for this. And I was like, <gasps> and I just took a walk around my neighborhood, like kind of floating on cloud nine. Like, is this happening? Wow. That just essentially happened through an informational interview that I help people recreate. Those are some of the steps that I recommend. Such good steps. And as you're saying them, um, they hit really home to me because I did the same thing. So we have not a similar story, but the same type of story where I was in corporate America and I left it because of being burnt out and being overwhelmed and just had to leave because God called me out of it. And I didn't know what I was going to do next, but I was just trusting in him for those steps. And I took these types of questions and sat down and, and answered them with the Lord. And actually through that, I've created my own course called the Stress to Joy Transformation Program that hits on some of these where it really like, it is so important to understand what skills and talents you have that bring you joy and understanding what lights you on fire because God put that in you. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to be filled with joy. And we all have to do things that we don't enjoy in life. Even if you're a business owner, you've got plenty of them actually. But <laughs> the things that bring you joy, like God wants you to do those. And so that can help just lead you down a path of what he's calling you to do or, or how to help people using those skills and talents. So I love just those practical and tangible applications and questions that we can ask and do to lead us down that path. I think that one of the things that I hear so often, and my husband recently did this a few years ago, but I feel that just puts a roadblock in people's way, is wanting to transition to a new type of career, whether that is owning their own business or just a completely different industry that they've been in before. One of the things I guess that they should think about when they are deciding if they want to change careers, change industries, whatever they're doing, and how to approach that and feel comfortable and confident? I am so excited you asked this question because I feel like in these types of conversations, we rarely get to it of like, okay, I want to like help people discern their calling, but I never want people to just feel like, wait, but like, how do I get that job? <laughs> Especially when they scroll through job descriptions on, let's say, LinkedIn. And they read the lengthy list of requirements and the enemy uses that to say, you're never going to be able to do this. You'd have to go back to school. You're not going to go back to school. Do you want to pay for four more years of undergrad? That Wait, no. What about a master? I don't want to do a master's either. I don't like any of these options. I'm going to have to start on the bottom of the totem pole. This is not feasible for me. I have a mortgage, blah, blah, blah. We get it. And instead, what gives so much freedom that unfortunately I find a lot of people neglect to do this is that they'll take that story from the enemy and just be like, well, can't, I mean, let me see if I could like just make a pivot within, like maybe I could have a new role within my company. And that's fine if God ordains that, but like, don't dismiss that you could truly make the full pivot you're hoping for earlier than you thought possible. Our sacrifice is going to be necessary. Yes, I'm happy to talk about the three years I was very poor. Happy to be honest about that. Like I literally cleaned houses. I keep that no secret. I went from a tech consulting salary to that. 
Anyway, so what people can do to, as best as possible, avoid these seemingly insurmountable transitions is have, and speaking of those informational interviews, have you asked at least three to five professionals in your desired field, what is, in your perspective, the most efficient way that somebody could get their foot in the door? Or like, who do you know that is in this kind of role, if not themselves, from a non-traditional background? Maybe they weren't always in marketing and now they're in marketing. Can I talk with them? How can I get in touch? And you will find that it's so funny how job descriptions are like, it's easy to be convinced that it's hopeless and you're only qualified to do what you've already been doing. And that's just not true. And people, however, will have loads of stories for you that give you testimony and example and practical hope that actually people make it into XYZ field all the time based on a internal referral, or maybe you just have to build up a portfolio. Maybe um, you have to like take, maybe this isn't even usually required. Very few of the hundreds of clients I've served have to take a certification even. That's kind of a given. Most people would assume, oh, at least I have to take a certification. Make sure that people in your field actually recognize that certification or care about it before you spend money and time on it. Maybe they don't. And maybe you really can just get right into the work. And so some things that after receiving assurance or specific instruction on what you could do to stand out, a few things are practically necessary in order to make a pivot and successfully land a job in a new field. One of them is to probably not just apply online because I'm not going to lie, you probably will get rejected more often than not. Because especially in 2023 and beyond, I think that the way job seeking patterns have worked out, it it is a little bit more competitive. So the people I've supported, I've had to get even more creative with them. And so now I would just radically suggest not even applying and instead, like I did for this podcast, directly pitch to the decision maker with a valuable, succinct message of, it could be as simple as this, saw you're hiring for a community manager role. Here's three ways I'd make an immediate impact and then have a metric backed accomplishment that represents the exact skill or responsibility they said in the job description they want you to be able to do. I urge you through prayer to get creative and research with translating your background to that accomplishment. But even if it's not like the most slam dunk, like I'm applying for a product manager position and I am not able to say I have product manager experience. If you even just do the work to put metrics to any accomplishment you've had in the past, even if it's somewhat different, you're already doing better than a lot of other applicants to make it specific, compelling, and obvious that you're a valuable professional that can get the job done. Then you invite them into a conversation and you kind of handle that like an interview, or it might you might actually get invited into a formal interview. And that's where getting really practiced on doing In interviews, I like to be honest with people, hiring managers, not stupid. They're going to want to see that you have the background that they are looking for. So how then do the people I serve and others still make it through as the winning candidate, even if they have a non-traditional background? It's likely that they are more well-practiced than the other candidates in showing that they are more consultative in asking more questions in the interview 
to make sure that you understand, ask things like not just waiting until the end, especially try to assert this at the beginning. So they tell you exactly what they want to hear. And then you could provide tailored examples based on what they said they want. And you could ask things like, what is your team already doing well? And what are the skill gaps that someone in this position really needs to nail? Or what's the difference between good and great in a, let's say, the community manager role? What are objectives that you would really want me to nail in the first 30, 60, 90 days in this position? And then you really show that you're not just trying to, in a boring way, describe your past. You're getting really vivid in helping them see that you're very adept at understanding what they need in the present and then just provide examples of you could probably come to the interview having chat GPT tell you what's the difference between good and great and product managers or what do you really need to know or what are frameworks and ways of thinking or strategies that you need to know as this kind of position. And you could speak to that. You could do a um, proof of work, like I know my stuff kind of presentation. I've had clients win positions of influence through that of saying, here's my strategy that I would suggest your talent acquisition team use at Uber. Like that's a literal example of one of my clients. She created a whole presentation. It was really impressive. So these are things that you could do that make you look way more smoking than the other people who just think they haven't made because they have that background. And I think the message is you have to go above and beyond, but it will get you that job and it'll land you that opportunity that you're looking for. And I think sometimes you may have to, and you alluded to this a little bit, like you were cleaning a little bit in the meantime. And I think that when you're building a business, you're going to have to make certain sacrifices like that. But if you are interviewing for a job at an organization, they may see something that's amazing in you. Like, for example, my husband interviewed for a manager position. They decided because he didn't have the qualifications, but he so impressed them that instead of being a manager, he would come in as an associate manager. And then my husband was able to negotiate, hey, at the six month mark, can we look at my performance and then see where I'm at? And then he was promoted to manager. And so you can build in those types of things and just know that you may have to make some sacrifices and it may be work to write the email and it may be work to position yourself differently in the interview process, but that gets you so much faster and quicker to the level that you want to be at. And I just like so love all these tangible takeaways that you have because they're things that I have seen other people do. And as you were saying, I'm like, I've done that before too. And I think one of the main points really is that relationship building. So a job's just a job when you're doing like a resume online. It's just the job description and then you're filling in that resume. When you have that outreach and that pitch, it brings you to life. It brings that relationship into reality, just like you did for pitching me an email of like, hey, I want to be on your podcast. I was like, whoa, I really like this girl. And then I decided to go on your Instagram and I decided to look at your website and I decided to like Google you and look more into you. And you became more than just somebody pitching me on a podcast platform. It was like, well, I already really like her and how she's approached this and given me topics we could talk about, taken away some of the work from me. It was amazing. And so being able to position yourself that for a job description is wonderful and could do fantastic things for you. Oh, I'm so flattered by that. I'm glad that I could be a good example in this regard. But I just think one last way to underscore this is to say, 
a lot of people in interviews say that they're proactive, strategic, detail-oriented, and those are probably, for an experienced leader, they mean nothing unless they see it. And what a way to tangibly demonstrate those qualities without even having to say them about yourself. If you are resourceful enough to find the director of HR's email, just send it instead of only sending a low-effort LinkedIn message to the associate talent acquisition or recruiter who is over the position. Don't go for obvious. Paradoxically, the least amount of competition is always at the top. The most competition is at the bottom where people perceive low-hanging fruit. Ironically, that's not the low-hanging fruit. It's leaders who are saying things like, man, it's so hard to hire these days. Employees aren't like they used to be. What? How much more are those people who are saying those things going to be encouraged and stunned when a young whippersnapper sends them an email that is valuable, direct, and doesn't go too long into like, here's who I am. And at the bottom of the email, I'm going to say why I'm reaching out to you. No, just like write an effective email and people will probably be inspired to move mountains for you. They'll feel, yeah, honored that you reached out to them and that you wanted to make a connection. I would love your quick thoughts on, so say there, you have the the natural informational interviews, which I have done throughout my career, and that's actually helped my husband tremendously building his career. Would it be appropriate, I guess is the question, if there is a job opportunity and you have access to the top dog's email, would it be more appropriate to pitch them to be in the running or to ask them, hey, would you be able to grab coffee? within this week, I'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you do, and then actually have that tangible relationship. I'm sure that people have different opinions on this, but I am pretty firmly in the camp of just send the email. I do have a lot of clients who come to me very burnt out on saying, I've tried networking before, but I've spent hours in these conversations, and it's not converting to a job. I think that it really is kind of cool when you're just like, I respect you by actually having done enough research to say, I know you need a insert role title who can, and this doesn't even have to be hard. You can just like reiterate the job description, but even just by starting the email with that, like, I know you need a um, marketing manager who can run your email campaigns, increase conversions, blah, 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 things like that, like two or three bullet points. I've delivered the same results and more for insert some past company. It could be kind of different results, but like maybe it's a freelancing client. Do it for a freelancing client. Okay. If you just end it with, if this has ignited your curiosity and you think it'd be valuable to consider me for the position, I'd be delighted to provide additional examples of how I can make an impact in this role, my hunger and fit for this role, something like that. And I think people also need to get their numbers up. It's really okay if most people do not respond to that email. I guarantee most people will smile at it because they're like, that's a cool email. And then maybe they'll save it and use it somewhere else. You will destroy no one's day by sending an email like that. And however, the one or two people, as long as you you know send this to enough and apply or pitch to enough positions, somebody's going to respond and say, yes, let's get you into an interview. Actually, we're already interviewing other candidates, but I'm going to push you forward and like skip ahead. I've seen that happen. Also, it tends to be kind of awkward in 
coffee conversations, maybe I'm just awkward. Okay. Maybe this hasn't worked for me, but I think it's kind of weird when people bury the lead and are like, I just want to get to know you, but not really. I just want a job. Just say you want a job. Send the email. I think it's kind of professional and effective. I like just being direct. (laughs) No. And I love how you were saying that because it came to mind. I was like the people that you're pitching that coffee to probably don't have the time to do a ton of coffee meetings with you. And so just to be direct and succinct with your message, then they can just do an ultimate like, hey, yes, absolutely, I want to and pass it along to whoever is actually doing, you know, the hiring. Because most of the time, if it's the top guy, they're probably having a few people underneath them doing a lot of the bulk of the work until it gets to them for that final interview. So I love that message. Oh, this has been so good. We could talk about it forever. And I think we may a little bit off the mic because (laughs) we're rolling. But I want to give an opportunity for you to tell the listeners where they can connect with you on social media, your website, and the offerings that you have for them. Thank you. I'm honored. So (laughs) it's so funny. For way too long, my website has been KelseyKemp.com and it's very much not just me so anymore. So we're kind of having some growing out of the old website. So right now you'll find me at KelseyKemp.com. But later this fall, I'm in the middle of, like I told you before this, redoing things. So we're rebranding formally as The Called Career and you'll see my other teammates on there. So either way, type in KelseyKemp.com or The Called Career, soon to just be The Called Career. And uh, you could find me on Instagram, Kelsey underscore the called career. I do not post on there often at all. So I'm sorry to disappoint you there, but I do have a podcast, (laughs) Answer the Call, and you could find me over there. And I promise that we will be better about posting more content soon (laughs) because I have more help now. (laughs) But right now it looks a little dead. It's so funny. My sister kind of roasted me. She was like, Kelsey, it looks like you went out of business. I'm like, sorry. (laughs) I promise I haven't. Just most people find me through Google. (laughs) Which, you know, you got to know your avenue. I say as a business owner, know your avenue, where the leads are coming from. And if they're coming from Google, you don't need social media. I will say there is um, Shanna Skidmore is one who built her whole company off of no social media. But here, yeah, give yourself some grace on that. This has been just wonderful. I have one more question for you and you are just so vibrant and so joyful. So I want to know what brought you joy today. Oh, well, I don't want to be cheesy, but honestly, this conversation, otherwise I got to go on a walk with my sister before this, (laughs) my love, (laughs) my identical twin. And uh, I don't normally take a break with her in the middle of the day like that, but it's a little bit less oppressive heat today in Texas. And we just had such a nice time like reminiscing on childhood and saying like, oh, that house reminds me of our grandparents or whatnot. And we just had a cute little simple time. I would say that brought me a lot of joy today. Oh, those midday walks are so nice. And then they amp you up for the rest of the day if you've got work to do. So such a fun time, such a fun time. And what a blessing that you have your identical sister. (laughs) I love her. (laughs) Y'all should check her out, kirstenkemp.com. She is really cool. (laughs) Oh, yes. No, say it. Oh, it's kirstenkemp.com. I even mentioned her in my TED Talk because I'm just so proud of her. (laughs) Talk about love. Talk about a blessing. Okay, well, I'm going to add that to the show notes as well as everything else. So thank you so much, Kelsey. Really appreciate you. Appreciate just all this abundant information that we now have to just get out and get going and seek out where God is calling us. So thank you. Thank you. 
talk about career calling wisdom. Kelsey knows her stuff and has a heart of gold. I hope you feel motivated and ready to take that next bold step toward your dreams. Don't limit yourself or what you can do. We serve the one and only true God. So keep dreaming big, living obediently, and pursuing your kingdom impact with that bold faith. And remember, you are not alone on this journey. You've got a community of faith-filled dreamers and doers right here at Faith and Gather, cheering you on every step of the way. I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If you were encouraged by what you heard, share the love with other women you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think how many more women could be blessed with faith-inspired encouragement. Love and prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. 